This special episode of What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks powers brands and businesses like yours that bring people together. With a Mighty Network, you can bring your website, your content, your courses, your community, your events online and in real life all together in one place. And you can charge for them too, all while building your brand. Visit MightyNetworks.com to see more examples of brands bringing people together and taking their businesses to the next level. Imagine you want to get stronger. What do you do? Well, if you're like me, you'd head to the gym, grab some dumbbells, and start squatting, pressing, and curling as many times as you could until your legs and your arms felt like they wanted to fall off. Well, it turns out more isn't always more when it comes to the gym, and more isn't always more when it comes to your business either. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you candid conversations with small business owners about what's really working to run and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. Okay, back to getting stronger. Now, repping it out of the gym isn't necessarily a bad thing. There's a time and a place for focusing on lifting a weight more times, but it's not the most efficient way to get stronger. It absolutely blew my mind when I learned that if I wanted to get stronger, I should focus on lifting heavier weights just one to five times per set. Yes, just one to five times. For instance, in 2018, I set a goal of doing 10 unassisted, uninterrupted pull-ups in a row. Before I knew better, I would try to get as many pull-ups as I could every time I was near a bar. Then I started doing some research. You see, the best way to hit this kind of strength goal isn't, shocking enough as it is, to wear yourself out in one or two sets. It's to pull way back and instead try for five sets of three or four sets of four. Then slowly over time, increasing your sets and reps until you can manage the goal. By focusing on low numbers, you're actually able to increase your results. And even better, you don't feel nearly as spent at the end of your workout. Now, the reason I bring all this up is that some of the most profitable businesses that I've had the privilege to examine operate in this same sort of fewer reps for more results kind of pattern. They focus on efficiency. They concentrate on a few key actions. They value rest and space. In this episode, we're giving you an inside look at how three of our What Works Network members have opted for a less is more approach to doing business. But before I introduce you to those business owners, I wanted to share an inside look at what our business is doing with a less is more approach. As you might know, we have a community-based business model that invites small business owners into a private network where they can have candid conversations about making their businesses better, just like we do here on the podcast. Now, in the beginning, we really wanted to over-deliver on the value of joining the network. So we created all sorts of events and exclusive content. At one point, we were hosting two to three events and posting three to four article-length pieces of content per week. Now, what we knew is that events and content gave our members something to connect with, and that was good. It gave them a common language they could use to talk to one another. But what we didn't take into account was just how much we were flooding them with points of connection and common languages. It wasn't that it wasn't valuable. It wasn't even that it was overwhelming. It was more that it was all just so diluted. It was burning out our team, our members weren't showing up, and it wasn't enticing new people to join. Then, last fall, we decided to pull way back on how many events we planned and how much content we created. 
in December, we decided to pull back even more. Now we host one weekly event and we focus on conversation starters around a monthly theme instead of an article length piece of content. The result? People plan for our events and they show up. They anticipate our conversation starters and they chime in. They're more engaged, they're more motivated, and they're talking about the network more with their colleagues. Doing less has been a serious win for us on all accounts. Now, of course, this is just one way that doing less can create more results for your business and your customers. You're going to hear how Sean Fink transformed her mindset around always chasing the next customer so she could focus on the customers she already had and how that helped her streamline her workload. You'll also hear from Kristen Tate, who stopped offering a la carte services and focused on just offering a few key packages, plus what this change meant for the quality of the outcomes her clients were experiencing. You'll hear from Sarah Greer, who's a copywriter handling a massive client load and finding a way to take off one week every month of the year. And you'll hear from Felicia Baucom, who gave herself permission to stop showing up to every webinar, free workshop, or networking event in the name of growing her business, and how that's allowed her to reclaim her curiosity for a whole host of interests and enjoy her business more. Now, if you've taken a less is more approach to your business and gotten some great results, I would love to hear your story. Share it with me on Instagram by creating a post and tagging me or sending me a DM. You can find me at Tara underscore McMullen. Now, without further ado, let me introduce you to Sean Fink. Hi, I'm Sean Fink, founder of the Abundant Mama Project. I'm a family wellness coach who helps busy families slow down and incorporate peaceful strategies, systems, and practices into their home in order to bring more joy and ease to their everyday lives. I offer this through coaching, through different products, through a membership community, and through live classes and retreats. For a long time, I felt that I was constantly needing to grow my business. And I got very frustrated when I kind of reached a peak and I wasn't growing anymore. And yet, despite not growing anymore, I kept pushing and pushing and pushing with the intention of growing, growing, growing. When I realized that I didn't need to do that any longer, that I could focus on the people who were already showing up, I felt a huge relief. What I used to do before I had this this wake-up call, this epiphany, is I was constantly searching for the next customer. And I really had not been putting the effort and the energy into my current customers, particularly past customers who were still in my midst. What I used to do before was spend a lot of time on social media, trying to get blog posts read or people liking the page or um, sharing things. And that strategy, while great, because we know that there's still people out there who want to see us and, and hear from us and learn about us, it really was a different mindset that I needed to show up for in my day-to-day life as a business owner. Now, when I wake up, I think, what does my community need to hear from me today? And I'm no longer stressing out about putting things on social media in order to reach new people. I'm instead trying to reach the people who are already paying attention. 
This has opened my eyes to such a feeling of confidence in how I show up every single day. I'm not trying to reach new. I'm trying to go deeper. I'm not trying to go wide. I'm trying to build connections and, con- and network with the people who are already paying attention. Those are the people that I know want to hear from me. In the process, I am, of course, finding new people all the time. In fact, I've been surprised at how nothing has really changed other than my own mindset on how I'm showing up. This new mindset has brought such ease to my day. I don't feel like I need to be putting myself out there all the time to reach new people because I'm only focusing on those who are already showing up. How this affects my day-to-day is that I am spending more time creating those connections, finding different avenues to work with the people who are already on my list. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope this has given you some insight. Focusing on the people who are already showing up is often a great way to get those people to talk about your business in ways you just can't. When you spend your time creating an exceptional experience for the people who are already invested, they'll invest right back in you with their referrals and rave reviews. It's a phenomenal way to get more results from less work. Now, let's hear from Kristen Tate, who wasn't the only one who experienced the benefits of a less is more approach with her business. Her clients did too. Hi, I'm Kristen Tate, and I'm the owner and lead editor at The Blue Garret. We help authors take their manuscripts from rough draft to finished product, whether that means submitting to agents or self-publishing. At the end of 2018, I streamlined my business by organizing our services into packages geared for different kinds of authors. When I started that process, I thought I was doing it largely to speed up and streamline our systems, and it did do that. Our onboarding process is much faster and clearer now. It's easier for me to put out proposals and generate invoices and contracts. And I was able to put our behind the scenes checklists into Trello so that clients can follow along with the work and know exactly what steps comes next and who is responsible for what. And that's all been very well received and it's made me feel much more organized and on top of projects. But the hidden benefit was that it helped me put stronger boundaries around the work we do. For example, many indie authors skip the proofreading stage for their book. In addition to editing work, they also have to find a cover designer and think about marketing and a hundred other things. So there's a lot of project management on their plate and proofreading tends to be a piece that just drops out due to budget reasons or logistics. And I understand why it happens, but I also know that as a result, there are going to be some typos or other problems that slip through. So rather than trying to convince each client on a case-by-case basis to add a proofreading rounds for their book, I've started just including it as a part of every self-publishing package, just as a matter of course. And I've changed my my processes to be able to do that. So whereas before, I would go through every word of a book twice during copy editing, I now do just the first round myself. And then I have a proofreader do the second round. So um, there can be a fresh pair of eyes on the book to catch those, those typos that I've skipped by. So the process is seamless for the author and the cost isn't much higher. So it's really doable for them. 
I've also started including in my packages smaller things like editing an author's back cover blurb or a query letter they send to uh, agents rather than doing those things only on request. These pieces are almost as important as the book itself because they are the first things a potential reader or an agent sees. By building these services into my packages, authors don't have to feel like they're asking for a favor or going to incur more expenses, and I can block out time to spend on them rather than trying to squeeze them into whatever extra hours I happen to have. So I do lose some clients now who only want lower-priced a la carte services, but that's fine. Um, Because my packages include all of the services I know a book needs in order to be successful, I feel much more confident in the work that we do. I know that if a book has my name or the Blue Garrett name in the acknowledgements, we've had the time to do our best work on it. I think it's a win for everyone, for authors, for us, and for readers. So that's what's working at the Blue Garrett. I can imagine that Kristen's less is more approach not only meant that she didn't have to build a proposal for each client or clarify exactly what services they were looking for, but it probably dramatically reduced the amount of time it takes her to book a new client too. Better results for the clients, better results for the business, and less time spent on sales. That's a winning approach. Next, let's take a peek into how Sarah Greer is managing a massive client load, but finding a way to spend less time on her business to the tune of taking a full week off every month. Hey, this is Sarah Greer. I am a launch copywriter. I'm also the creator of the Work Less, Earn More program and the Six Figure Setup. And I help my clients who are looking to do launches I often say, uh, jokingly, I'm a copywriter for the internet, rich and famous. (laughs) So I've worked with people like Rick Mulready and James Wedmore and Hilary Rushford, and I support them in writing their launch copy, usually from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel. So if they're looking to get a launch started, we will look at their sales page, their registration pages, Facebook ads, anything they need support with in terms of the launch, that's what I help them with. And what I what happened was I, I did, um, I worked on 52 projects for 19 clients in a, in a year, that's about average for me. And then I took also in that year, four months off, and also in that year, I doubled my revenue. So the most important thing that happened in that year is my ability to clean up my project management. So besides hiring junior copywriters, I would say that was really key and integral to me being able to scale my private client work. The other thing I did was hire a project manager. And so she helped me really clean up my whole systems on the back end and serving clients. And also, um, if I hadn't hired her, I probably would have made a mess of trying to take any time off for myself. So what she helped me do is I was thinking about, oh, I'm going to take like every other Friday off. Or I came up with this horrible system <laughs> of how I was going to take time off. And then I spoke to her and she was like, Sarah, no, don't try to do these weird chunks of time off. Why don't instead you just put all of it together into one week? So why don't you take one week a month off? So I did that. I took a week 
every month off, which would help me really recharge. Um, because I was in the in control of the timeline of my deliverables, I had a very specific system for delivering. And then I also took an entire month off. And actually, this will be my third year in a row of taking four months off in my business. And each year has looked a little bit different in terms of I always keep the one week off every month. But then I also um, will change that one month off. So uh, in 20. 17 I took August off completely um, and then in 2018 I took half of November and half of December off um, and so that that can kind of vary depending on on what my year looks like and the structure of the projects that I'm working on Cleaning up the process you use to get the job done can create a massive amount of extra time, whether you've got a team behind you or you're working on your own. We'll hear from Felicia Balcom in just a bit, but first, a word from our WhatWorks partner, Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks powers brands and businesses that bring people together. Growing a small business isn't easy, so why do we make it harder by cobbling together a bunch of different pieces of software just to talk to our customers and deliver our offers? If you have your content on one platform and your course is on another, while your customers hang out on yet another platform and your payments get routed through a completely different system, you're not alone. In fact, that's how business was done for a long time in the digital small business world. Then Mighty Networks came along. Mighty Networks makes it easy to bring your content, courses, community, payments, and even events together on one easy-to-use platform. At What Works, we use it to share a behind-the-scenes look at how we do things, talk with our community members, plan events, and manage payments. I love that the core of our business is all together in one place. Plus, Mighty Networks makes it easy to access our network on mobile with our own app. If you're tired of doing extra work to shepherd your customers from app to app to app, it's time to build your Mighty Network. Get started with Mighty Networks free of charge by visiting MightyNetworks.com. Mighty Networks is the easiest way to take your business to the next level. Now, last but definitely not least, let's hear how Felicia Balcom is doing more with less. Hello, my name is Felicia Balcom, and I'm a coach who specializes in helping high achieving women who know they are hurtling towards burnout or are recovering from burnout to redesign their lives so that they can reduce the stress and overwhelm and have a life that is filled with joy and satisfaction and meaning and fulfillment on their own terms without having to burn their existing lives to the ground unless they want to. And my work is very much informed by my experiences in corporate America, which I left almost seven years ago. I experienced burnout there and decided to go on a path that felt more, on the surface anyway, humane and more spacious to me. But over time, as a coach, I began experiencing burnout conditions similar to what I experienced in corporate. I felt like Work was consuming much of my life. I was trying to do all the things, do them perfectly, do them the right way, saying yes to everything, to every networking event, online event, giving stuff away, giving my time away. And it was draining and exhausting me. And I was starting to wonder why I was doing this in the first place. And how can I help others do this if I'm struggling? 
And there's typical advice out there about setting boundaries, saying no more often, you know, putting a price tag on things if you're an entrepreneur and you tend to give away too much stuff. And of course, there's also the ubiquitous advice about self-care. And those things are fine or can help for certain things or under certain circumstances. I found for me that, um, and it was kind of a process really, I let go of this need to hold on to systems and formulas and I let go of signing on to webinars and going to events that ultimately didn't really serve me. I, I could see that they weren't going to beforehand, so I chose to not participate. And then over time, what happened there was it started opening up space for opportunities to do other things, not necessarily opportunities to do more work, but like I'm an avid reader, so that meant more reading and what I've been reading and with reading I've been reading blogs books articles I've listened to podcasts things like that these these are materials that are not self-help in nature are not how-to books they're topics of a different variety they can be social science topics a lot of them are but also things like the history of the Danish royal family or Japanese poetry, things that are not goal or purpose oriented. And what I found is that this helped to add more dimension to my life, create more space to be me, to connect to that part of me that is not a worker or an achiever. And I could step out of that echo chamber that is about constant growth, a constant expansion, is all this pressure to 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 expand and grow and do more and more and those are conditions that create burnout. I consider myself as someone who is highly sensitive, so I'm I am thus highly sensitive to that. So stepping away from all that and focusing on other things that are not business or personal growth related, I felt like I could enjoy life more, I can enjoy my business more, I can help people from a more foundational place and from a deeper place. Is burnout healing from that, preventing it is not about quick fixes and band-aids, it's about deeper work, about how you operate in the world. And so I'm practicing that for myself as well. And I found this has been very helpful for my business and for my life in general. So that has been what has been working for me. And thank you for listening. Whether you see an opportunity in Sean, Kristen, Sarah, or Felicia's stories to streamline your business, or you've been inspired by the other stories of tidying up you've heard this month, I hope you recognize the potential we all have to eliminate what's not working and focus on what is. I can't think of many businesses that couldn't benefit from a less is more approach. And even with all the tidying we've done here at What Works, I can still name at least half a dozen procedures or systems we could clean up. It's a process. But luckily, it's a process that pays. Now, before I leave you today, I have one small request. If you've been enjoying our focus on cleaning up and streamlining your business this month, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews help us reach new listeners and spread our no-hype message to more small business owners. 
and we'll be forever grateful. This episode was produced and edited by Sean McMullen. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 190 other candid conversations with small business owners at explorewhatworks.com.